I'm Josh Block, sitting in this week for Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Ross Wilson and I are here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Josh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, it was a little over four hours last night. In fact, they cut the meeting short. They, there was supposed to be another presentation last night on human resources that they tabled to the following meeting next week. So the meeting started with the superintendent's report. She touched on really three topics, enrollment, transportation, and the recent test results. So let's take those one at a time. Sure. So Josh, I mean, first on enrollment, Superintendent Skipper noted that we have about 48,500 students in our district. This is a loss of about 8,000 students over the past decade. And it's, you know, it's a concerning trend that we're seeing across not only Boston, but other districts around the country. And this number will be interrogated, right? There'll be questions about, is it really that many students or do we actually have fewer students? And this is typically, this goes back and forth with the state. We'll release a number eventually saying what they think the enrollment is in BPS. But currently we think it's somewhere around 48,000. And now this is the first time we've heard a number for this year, right? I know we've asked this question a lot over the course of this podcast. The, the standard, Josh, is that on October 1st, the district reports their enrollment numbers to the state. And this is actually every public district in the state reports their number as of October 1st. And so this is the number of students enrolled on October 1st. That number, of course, fluctuates over the course of the year. Some students come in, some students leave. And BPS has traditionally talked about this as a high watermark, right? So the time when the majority or the most students in any grade level in any program will be in our district. And then the number tends to go down over the course of the year. And there was also a question from one of the school committee members about projected future enrollment last night. And and the answer was essentially, we can't project that at this point. Right. So this was the interrogation from the school committee members were saying, hey, how do we know where we need buildings? How many seats do we need? The mayor has been talking about building new affordable housing in some neighborhoods. What will impact will that have? What impact will the housing costs have on our city? And we know from previous presentations, Josh, that the birth rate has gone down in the city and, and across the country again. And we know that for the next 10 years, at least, we're going to see a shrinking population in the Boston Public Schools. But really, we, we didn't hear any answers around what the projections may look like in our city for school-aged children over the next five or 10 years. Right, so there are about 48,000 students in BPS, and they need to get to school, they need to get home from school, right? And that's the next topic that Superintendent Skipper talked about, which is transportation. And this is a topic that's been in the news a lot. In fact, last week, we learned that there was a complaint filed against BPS by two advocacy organizations on behalf of six students with disabilities who have been unable to get to school on time due to a lack of bus monitors. And so the superintendent addressed this complaint last night. So Josh, first, I know we talk about transportation. I think we've been talking about it on every podcast since August or maybe even earlier. And I actually really appreciate this, right? Because we tend to talk about transportation and the challenges of transportation early in the year. And then we just accept the challenges of transportation going forward. And we just say, well, that's what it is, right? And I'm glad that we can accept this. I'm glad that you know, we can continuously every meeting talk about the challenges of transportation because that means that every student who is late to school or not able to get to school, at least we're advocating for those students and we're saying, you, we're not going to let you off the hook until this is fixed, right? Uh, advocates filed a formal report to the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education on behalf of students with disabilities, and the department has opened up an investigation. And I believe that's a 60-day investigation where they will announce a remedy to, to the situation. Josh, last night we heard that on time arrival to school is somewhere between 88% to 92 or 93%, depending upon the day. Up to 12% of our students 
are not getting to school on time, and sometimes they're getting to school very late, and sometimes their bus never comes at all. Now, it's worth noting, this past summer, Boston Public Schools signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the State Department of Education, agreeing to a number of operational improvements over the course of this year. And one of those improvements was an agreement that by October 1st, 26 days ago, BPS would have an on-time arrival rate of 95%. So, Ross, what we heard last night is they're not meeting that mandate. They're not. They're not meeting the mandate. And this is, you know, you can't get around that, right? When you have potentially over 4,000 kids not getting to school on time or not getting to school through their public transportation, that's a problem, you know, and it's a problem. It's a problem you're not going to shirk away from, right? You have to solve this. We did hear last night that there's, you know, the rumblings of solutions. We didn't hear, I got to be clear, Josh, we didn't hear a solution last night. Let's just be clear. We heard that everyone's working really hard tirelessly to solve this issue, that potentially they're going to hire more bus monitors. We didn't really hear much about that. And that potentially there's some deal being made with Lyft, which is the rideshare company, that maybe kids will get to use Lyfts to go to school if their bus doesn't come or if they don't have a assigned bus. We're pretty far along in the negotiation stages with Lyft. We're finalizing some legal language. I actually got to sit through some demos today on how we can implement, do a program implementation for BPS. So we're looking at rolling this out as soon as possible. Yeah, that was surprising, Ross. And that that sort of came out of nowhere, this idea that BPS is pretty far along and talks with Lyft about a potential remedy to this bus issue. And I imagine that raises a lot of legal questions about you know, how contracts with Lyft, putting it out to bid versus why not consider why not consider Uber, other rideshare companies? How does it work with putting a kid who's under 18 in a car with a stranger? How are those tracked? Are they tracked the same way buses are tracked? I mean, it was it was an interesting sort of out of left field idea, but it begs a lot of questions. Of course, all these things that we didn't hear about. And Josh, I really don't want to get into them, honestly, because it seemed like they were alluding to like having conversations, but they very well made not be able to overcome some of these legal challenges, but we shall see. And I think at the end of the day, what's clear is these are these are real people. It's not numbers. It's not 88, 92, 95 percent. These are kids who need to be in school and are not getting to school on time and are not getting home on time. And week after week in public comment, we've heard from parents telling the stories about their kids who have been left at bus stops or who have fallen behind in school because they're not getting there. And we heard more of those comments last night. In fact, there was one really harrowing comment from a mother, she was speaking in Cantonese. Here's the translator relaying what she said. The bus is late every day. So every day pick up her son and then arrive in school very late. She have no idea why it takes so long. And she's supposed to have door-to-door service, but she's not getting it. The bus driver just dropped her son off at a crossroad. And this is really far from her house. And this is and her son doesn't want to go to school every day. It's really impacting his ability of learning and his emotional, social emotional. He's already kind of slow in learning. This just makes the situation a lot worse. It's so easy to get involved in these numbers, these sort of big numbers of 88%. And well, that's not far off from 95%. But this is really about the every individual, as you noted, every individual student. It is not just once in a while. This is it's not just an inconvenience. It is the basic fundamental right of a student to have, have access to a free and appropriate education. And that is not happening for 
hundreds, if not thousands of kids every day. So there's another meeting next week. I'm sure we'll talk about this again next week. And, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about this until there's a, a real remedy for these students. Right. And, and, and again, it's like to our listeners, this issue, I know it's redundant, like transportation, 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 but we should not let go of it until it is solved. Because again, every year, same thing. And we tend to just accept it as a year goes on. And really, we can't accept this any longer. Now, the third and final topic Superintendent Skipper spoke about last night was the results which were released just a couple days ago from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, or the NAEP test. And now this is sort of the gold standard of measuring student progress and student outcomes nationwide. Right. So, Josh, we you know we just reviewed MCAS data on our last podcast, and we talked about sort of the stagnation a bit of students, but relatively stable achievement for our students as compared to 2019, pre-pandemic, and our MCAS results. But the NAEP scores came out this week, Josh, and this assessment, this national assessment, showed pretty dramatic decreases in test scores for our students in Boston and across our state. And in fact, it showed that students in Boston are essentially achieving at a level since like 2011. So, you know, a pretty, like we've made pretty dramatic gains over the number of years, and we've really fallen back almost over a decade in our achievement for our students. And, and it's not only just achievement for our students, but the achievement gaps that we're seeing amongst our students are really concerning. And we got to figure something out here. And last night, we heard Superintendent Skipper talk about the scores and about the NAEP scores and her concern over the achievement of our students. But we didn't hear, Josh, and I would have loved to hear, is like, what are we going to do about this, right? Are we going to Are we going to add more learning time, either through extending day or acceleration academies during vacation weeks? Like, what are we going to do to help add time to help our students be proficient? And also, we didn't hear much about high dosage tutoring. Like, this is really what has been discussed as the way to close learning gaps is to have high intensity tutoring. And we didn't hear much about that. Right. And the other thing we didn't hear last night is what's working? What are those schools that didn't see those declines and what are they doing right? Now, we talked about this in our last podcast as it related to the MCAS. It would be great to hear from teachers and from school leaders at these schools that are doing well and find out what they're doing differently and what's working. And actually, school committee member Brandon Cordette Hernandez asked about that last night. There are schools across the system who have had serious decline, but also schools who have made real growth with some of our most vulnerable kids. And so as you have an eye on chronic absenteeism, uh, you know, the, the narrowing of achievement gaps for ENL, uh, Black and Latino students and special education students, like where are we seeing who should be highlighted? I'm also coming off of our day together at Edvester's School on the Move. So like who needs to be highlighted? And then how is the sort of system leadership looking at those schools for solutions? So, and Josh, the superintendent responded to Mr. Cadet Hernandez's uh, question about bright spots by saying that, that 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 is something that she wants to look at and that we'll hear about that in a future presentation. Now, the meeting moved on to public comment, where in addition to transportation comments, we heard from several Sumner School parents. And this is something we've heard week after week. There had been announced a couple months ago that there were going to be several mergers across the district, including the Sumner School. And then yesterday it was in the news that those mergers are being put on hold because there was this larger Green New Deal planning process that was underway that was going to develop a more holistic vision for the district. And that was actually the one big presentation last night. So let's move on to that. So we got to meet the new leaders of the Green New Deal, which is essentially, Josh, as you remember, the old build BPS plan, right? And this has been around almost for 10 years, this idea that we need a master facilities plan for the Boston Public Schools. So last night, we had both representatives from the city of Boston 
and the school department talking about the new Green New Deal and the plan for moving forward. So, Ross, you worked in BPS when this Build BPS process started in 2016. So can you talk about the goal of that process and what came out of that and how the Green New Deal is different? Sure. So, Josh, first, at that time, Mayor Walsh basically said, look, we're going to have a billion dollar fund for new buildings and renovations in in the city of Boston. And a few of the projects are underway. Another component of that plan was to do really some siting of like where schools should be ultimately in Boston. And so there's a lot of data analysis about the number of students in every neighborhood, the number of schools in every neighborhood, what the capacity was of those schools and where schools needed to be added and where we didn't need buildings anymore in the city. And so now we have this Green New Deal process, and it's worth noting the Build BPS is a 10-year plan, so it's not completed yet. But in the midst of that, we're launching this separate Green New Deal planning process. And, and last night, we heard a vision for what this new process is meant to be. The, the Green New Deal overall is really an investment plan where we tackle climate by addressing the social, economic, and racial inequities making life better today, focusing on well-being and jobs. We heard at the beginning of the presentation that this was about green buildings, about a healthier environment, a healthier climate, and healthier students. Green buildings, for lack of a better way to phrase them, have so many benefits. Uh, The superintendent mentioned how much of our emissions come from city facilities. But also, they do so much for their occupants in terms of, you know, daylighting and air quality and comfort. There's, as, as they expand beyond just classrooms, our school facilities can do so much for the people who use them and in the neighborhood. Then we heard a presentation on the Green New Deal, which I think said had nothing about green uh, or environmentally friendly buildings in it, like pretty much zero. It was basically a presentation that was regurgitating a lot of the information that Build BPS talked about a while ago. We did hear from the team that they've already begun to do another analysis of need and number of seats that are needed in every neighborhood, a more general master facilities plan for the Boston Public Schools. And now that was the last presentation last night. At this point, we were about four hours into the meeting. There was another presentation on the agenda about hiring and diversity. Um, But because the meeting had been going on, it was 9.30. The members decided to push off that presentation to next week and adjourn the meeting. So so that was it, Josh. You know, there's a lot going on around BPS from transportation, uh, safety, which we didn't even touch upon, but clearly it remains the achievement of our students based on their most recent test results. And, you know, quite frankly, we just didn't hear many details about any of those things last night. And that's what happened last night at school committee. We want to hear from you. If you have concerns about how BPS is serving your child or family, please send us an email at podcast at shawfoundation.org. And if you'd like to share a thought that we may use in a future episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 508-261-5904. Thank you for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the success of Boston students. Have a great day.